Welcome to the trade deadline just past edition of Sharing Socks. I am Southside Sox duty geezer Lee Allen with me, my son of West Coast correspondent Will, as we continue keeping an eye on uh, MLB trade rumors, even though the trade deadline has been passed for about an hour as we start this. But it always takes some time for things to filter through the commissioner's office and then out to the media and so forth. So things are coming very slowly, but there may be more things yet. But we've got a bunch of stuff that happened. I will say, uh, as as the West Coast correspondent, half of the team is now playing on the West Coast. So I'm actually just as close to the White Sox as, as you are at this point. Because, uh, you know, we've got here in L.A., we've got my boy Lance Lynn on the bump tonight, making his Dodger debut. I was there to see him throw his bullpen a couple days ago. Honestly, Lance looked good. Lance looked really good. He was out there working with Mark Pryor and Dave Roberts, and he was all smiles. And, you know, they were really looking at ball grip and and the stuff he's been doing. So it's it could be fun to have the big – not the big unit. The big unit's retired. But the unit, Lance Lynn, uh, who I don't understand how he's not the big unit because now that I've stood up close to him, he's about the size of a Soviet tank. Uh, <laughs> and then Joe Kelly, also out here uh, in Los Angeles. And then in the wrong part of Los Angeles, we have Lucas Giolito. And uh, Reynaldo Lopez. And Reynaldo Lopez, who I didn't actually look, but I heard actually pitched pretty well for them the other day. Uh, he's pitched a couple of games for them, including a inning and two-thirds save. Wow. Uh, and has not allowed any runs. Uh, Lucas, a little rougher. Uh, I think he gave up four runs. Didn't really matter since they only scored one that game. on, of course, a Shohei Otani homer. <laughs> wow. Seems to be the only way they score down there. <laughs> so they're there. Fortunately, so We've got those four guys covered. Uh, the other one who has had uh, something to do since he's been traded, Kendall Graveman in uh, Houston, had uh, an inning with no runs, so he's off to a, a good start in other lands. Uh, today, Keenan Middleton uh, is gone. I have not seen, I haven't seen any publish anything about what the Sox got back for him. He's a rental reliever. It's not going to be much. Definitely. And the big news in the closing hours, Jake Berger going to Miami for a pitcher named Jack Eater, or Eater, I'm not sure, the number four prospect for the Marlins, and maybe not a bad haul, left-handed starter. Yeah, I actually think that's a, you know, I was a little surprised to see Berger go at the witching hour, but um, that is actually a pretty good pickup. For Jake Berger, you know, Berger's it's, hitting it's for interesting low average. His name never came up in all the rumors over the past few weeks. It was never there. And, I mean, even when Cease was out there, Berger wasn't out there. So and it's, it's, they say, well, we're not trading anybody with uh, more than a year of team, team control. They got five years control on Berger. Uh, the problem with Jake is the problem with the whole team, which is – He's really a designated hitter, and we've got 12 or 13 of them. Uh, his defense is, is pretty awful. His, his on-base percentage, I think, is 279. 
and he is striking out horrendously. They're they're starting to figure him out more, but he's still got twenty five home runs. Yeah, he's got That's power. a lot of long ball. I, I get why the Marlins gave up that deal just because of the team control. I mean, they've got Berger for as long as they want him. And if you're going to hit that many home runs, there's going to be a place for you in Major League Baseball. And, you know, now that everybody's got a DH and the Marlins also needed some help at third base, uh, I, I think it's a good deal for both teams. I, I think it's a really good deal for the White Sox. The only way I'm going to eat those words is if a year from now Jake Berger's really figured it out and he's hitting 310 with 50 home runs and somehow finds his glove. Uh, I don't expect that to happen, but, you know, I am a Berger fan. I like him. I like his attitude. I like I, his work I, yeah, ethic. Yeah, I, I think one of the things we'll miss as much as the 650-foot home runs that I'll miss anyway about Jake is he's one of the only guys on this team that seems to enjoy playing the game of baseball. There, there are so few, and yeah, it's hard to enjoy when, when you're winning every fifth game or something, but still, he goes out there, he's having fun, and you know, while still being serious about trying to play the game, right, but he's having fun, and that makes it a lot more fun for the fans, so that's too bad. Interestingly, Miami, uh, in a later development after that, are getting Josh Bell, too, so yeah. they're getting two rather large home run belting, not much of anything else, and kind of guys so they apparently decided they really needed power yeah i mean those those trades do kind of have all the earmarks of a team that is trying to sort of sneak their way into the playoffs and probably won't because of deals like this i i don't think they're necessarily great enough that they are going to keep the Marlins in contention. I think the Phillies made better deals. They're coming up. They're getting hot. And that's obviously have folded. And no one's catching the Braves. Uh, I I don't see the Bell and Berger deals really playing out super well for the Marlins. But I also don't see them as harming the Marlins in any way as they make this push. Uh, And I think the White Sox really did get a, a quality, quality prospect for Berger in that trade, which it was a better prospect than I was expecting them to get if Berger had been dealt. But it was very surprising to be, you know, constantly refreshing MLB trade rumors this morning and to see Berger pop up there. I He obviously wasn't one of the four they said they weren't going to trade, but uh, it certainly didn't seem like he was on anybody's radar. I hadn't heard a single word about him. Um, And then you have Middleton going to the Yankees, which Middleton, you know, he's one of those guys where maybe he's going to be good when he gets to New York, but he does have to pitch against the AL East a lot now. (laughs) And there's a huge difference between throwing, you know, the sixth inning, the seventh inning against Kansas City and having to throw the sixth, seventh inning against Baltimore and Tampa. I I don't necessarily see Middleton being lights out for New York, but uh, hopefully we'll get some word soon on what was coming back in that return. But again, as you said earlier... I would think almost nothing. You're, you're talking it, a middle, middle reliever who is a rental. So yeah, it's going to be pennies. It's, it's probably going to be a couple comped nights at the plaza. Uh, I don't envision it being much more than that. It's, it's not going to be a big haul. Uh, the other, the other uh, news on the Sox today was they, they picked up Luis Patino from Tampa Bay for cash. 
I'm guessing that is organizational fill for Charlotte because traded six pitchers. <laughs> You're going to bring up almost the entire Charlotte staff, which is terrible to begin with. Uh, so you're going to need people to go down there and, and pitch some triple-A ball, and that, that's about what he is. He's, he's, I think that's definitely the case. He's 23. He has not had an impressive showing in Major League Baseball. There was a point early on where it felt to me like maybe that move was because Bummer was going to be on the move, uh, but Bummer ended up not going anywhere, correct? I don't think he ended as far From as what I've seen, he's, point. Yeah. yeah, I haven't seen him pop up there yet. Um so I kind of thought that was in preparation for Bummer moving out. But since Bummer has stayed put, I I don't think there's any other possible explanation than what you're saying. Of They just need arms yeah. to throw the ball in Charlotte. Uh, and maybe Durham, get so he doesn't look. have to go very far. I mean, it's it's an easy Uber ride. That's true. Uh, that's that's you know, He's walked 29 guys in 45 innings at AAA. So, you know. He, he, well, if he's only 23, maybe, you know, maybe in the future yeah. he can get somewhere. But right now, he's, he's got no particular use. Let's talk about some of the other guys that, that came back. The two, of course, I had been ranting and raving, we got to get catcher. got to get a catcher. I presume for the Dodgers would be the best choice because I didn't know that the Angels would be really active in the market. They also had two of the top 10 catcher prospects, according to MLB. And uh, I think I think the Sox did well on that. Edgar Caro, uh, a couple of years away, maybe, uh, but good. I think good. I think if you are looking at the Giolito Lopez trade, the White Sox actually knocked that one out of the park, and that's only because the Angels made such a stupid, stupid, stupid decision. To part, they have a terrible farm system. They are, you know, bottom five easily. And they gave up, in some lists, if you look at, their top two for Giolito and Ronaldo Lopez. So basically, they're desperately trying to hold on to Shohei Atani. They're saying, hey, look, we made some moves to try to be a real playoff team. They ain't going to the playoffs. They're not going to the playoffs. You're you're trailing... Uh, Houston, you're trailing Texas. Those teams only got better. Seattle Houston is, just got Verlander back. Yep, and they picked up Graveman. Seattle starting to turn a corner. They're starting to play like how we thought Seattle would play. There is no way that those Angels are going to the playoffs. And if they do, they are out immediately. The White Sox crushed this deal. They got the only two truly great prospects in the Angels' farm system for for rentals. I mean, that that was a really, really good deal, a deal that I was shocked happened because I'm sure, you know, most that the asking price was high and most teams laughed when they would ask for your top two prospects. And the Angels did it. The Angels gave them them. So I, I think the White Sox actually really knocked that one out of the park. The, the prospect hall has been very, very good uh, for the White Sox in this in this trade deadline. I don't think necessarily that it's the kind of group where we are really in contention next year. Um, oh no, 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 no. Yeah, no, no, I, no. I, I, I think it's, I think it's a kind of group where you gotta hope by the end of Luis Roberts' contract you're still in contention, uh, because I don't see us 
really being in contention. I mean, you know, there was a time today where we thought Dylan Cease was potentially on the market. Now, obviously, the asking price on Dylan Cease was going to be everything. You you were probably going to have to give up a young major league star plus two or three elite prospects. I don't really know anyone who's going to be willing to do that for Dylan Cease in a year that Dylan Cease has kind of backtracked a little bit. He actually hasn't backtracked horribly. If you look okay. at the, if you look at the deeper numbers, the ERA is just the ugly one uh, compared to what he did last year when he was a Cy Young runner up. But if you you know strikeout rates down a little bit, spin rates down, um, but velocity's down. Still, velocity's down. So you know, no one was ever going to give up the price that they were going to ask for Dylan Cease. It, it just wasn't going to happen. If it was last year's August first, Dylan Cease, oh yeah, <laughs> you you would have gotten everything. Um, but of course we still had to believe that maybe this year the White Sox were going to be good and jokes on us because they're yeah, the other terrible. catcher. And, I, and I'm glad they got two catchers because you never know. Uh, picking up Casey Lee from Houston. He should be here next year. In fact, he might be playing for the Sox in September. He might be playing for him right away. Uh, which brings us to another thing. I, I really wish that Yasmani Grandal was gone. Not, not a hating on Yaz, but there's no reason for him to be here. He, he's, yeah, it's, it's a waste. Yeah. They're not keeping him. They're not fighting for him. Probably nobody is. His catching is pretty terrible. His hitting has been quite good this year, actually. He's, he's been a big beneficiary of the rules change, the, the shift change. Yeah, yeah, big time. Um, and we knew he would be. I mean, we said yeah, that last yeah. year. <laughs> Yeah, everyone was like, "If this is going to help anybody, it's this." They could call this the Grand Doll Rule because uh, he hit into that shift pretty much all the time last year. Uh, Grand Doll, I think the big issue there is just the amount of money teams were going to have to eat if they took him, and you needed a team that was really desperate for a DH because he he can't really catch. And my guess is most teams were asking the White Sox to take on everything but the minimum that you have to take on if you're the new team, or just barely above that. And then he becomes a pretty expensive guy who gets hurt all the time. Uh, and, and I think like a lot of your playoff contention teams tend to have some options in the DH category already. If he was still a, an average or above-average catcher, I think it would have been a different story. Uh, but you can't really put Grandall behind the plate and expect good things to happen. And I'm I'm assuming that they were asking the White Sox to eat almost all of that salary. I I might I would have offered to eat half right off the top and negotiated from there. And if it went to two thirds, that's fine. Uh, yeah, I mean anything that you don't pay is savings because what you really want to do is play your young catchers now. It's it's yeah. Yaz becomes in the way. Um, he wanted it, Carlos Perez, whether it's one of the guys I, I would think more likely Lee that that they that they picked up uh, in the last couple of days. But at least bring up Carlos Perez, give him a chance to catch some in the majors, and uh, along with Sebi, who's hitting a I don't know what's he one ten or something. He just keeps going farther and farther down the hole, but his catching's good. Uh, no, it's fine. Of it. It's that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so interesting things. Uh, uh, really, the Twins didn't do much of anything. 
No. Uh, the Guardians had this bizarre trading of Aaron Savale, which I just do not comprehend, and then trading Josh Bell. Well, they got a first baseman who's apparently very good, Triple uh, A player uh, for Savale. But still, you're pitching Aaron Savale and four rookies, and yeah. you trade. And Savale's been good. I mean, he's been really good, uh, and you trade him away. Unless there's something internal that's just a problem, I, you know, I don't want to be here anymore. I, I don't know what it is. And then they got they got Noah Syndergaard and Thor ain't as good as Aaron Savali. Uh, he had a decent game Sunday, but, he, but he's not pitched well for a very long time. Best best case scenario, one out of three outings will be good with Syndergaard at this point. Yeah. Uh, so the whole division. Oh, the other strange thing in the, the division was Erod. Saying, I won't leave Detroit. <laughs> That's bizarre. Well, he didn't say no, he wouldn't leave Detroit. Detroit. He just I said he wouldn't the World go Series to then. That keeps me busy all October and part of November. I want to be off at the end of September. I'll stay in Detroit. Everything about Erod's decision was bad. It, it was just bad. If I was his agent, I would be just absolutely grinding my teeth about this because now. And if I were the Tigers, I'm fuming. I mean, if I were the Tigers, I would be saying, you know what, Erod, you're pitching every three games now. <laughs> I, I would just run this guy into the ground because now the Tigers are going to get nothing from him. He's not going to stay. They're going to get nothing from him. And this whole reason for not going to the Dodgers was his family lives on the East Coast. Well, last time I checked, Detroit's not in the East Coast. Detroit, I get it. It's yeah, a shorter now, you live flight. in Los Angeles. Do they have an airport? Do they have planes? We do. We actually have quite a few. We have quite <laughs> a few, uh, including a big famous airport that pretty much everywhere flies to. This guy's a millionaire. He doesn't want to leave Detroit because his family's on the East Coast. Dude, this is two months. This is two months. Maybe three if you go to the World Series, which would be ideal. This is not you come to the Dodgers and now you live in Los Angeles for the next 10 years. We probably wouldn't re-sign you again in the offseason. So all you said was, I don't want to play for a winning team while screwing over your current team, all because of two additional hours on a flight that your family would have to take for two months? I, I don't know what's going on there. He just really cost himself. But I can tell you this. If I was petty... And I am. And I would be if I were the Tigers. <laughs> I would be telling that guy, you know what? We're going to have you start on Monday, and then we're going to have you in the bullpen Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And we'll just bring you in whenever. I, I would just run this dude into the ground for screwing me out of getting some prospects. That was such a, a, a bogus move. And then back to your point on Cleveland, who also unloaded Ahmed Rosario to the Dodgers. Uh Cleveland seems to have thrown in the towel. And, and they're I, a half a game out, I believe. Uh, they might be one full game out as of yesterday. But uh, at worst case, they're one back. They might be half back. In a division where the team that's winning is one game above 500. So not exactly a, a team to be afraid of making a huge surge. They didn't really do anything. Uh, at the trade deadline, no, from what I can little, tell. Little playing around the edges stuff is all. 
If I were a Guardians fan, man, I would just be livid. Yeah, I, I would, would be livid. There is no reason to think that that team could not win that division this year. And when you I got a guy like that, that Minnesota's yeah, nothing. Yeah. I and I think they're I think, you know, if they had held on to everybody, they're going to. But now I don't know. And and I think Cleveland really just you know, they're kind of they're kind of known for doing this kind of thing, but it's really shocking when, you know, going into the deadline you're half game back in a terrible division in which you know you're still going to get to play the Royals and the White Sox and the Tigers. There are wins on the calendar, and it, it really is perplexing. Uh, but let's take our break there, and when we come back, we can uh, talk about some more action around the league and see what the White Sox have uh, moving forward. So hang in there, and we will be right back on Sharing Socks. Welcome back to Sharing Socks. And you, as you can imagine, in the trade deadline uh, edition, we've been mostly talking about trade deadline stuff. We just kind of, I kind of went on a rant about Cleveland a second ago. Apologies for any uh, Guardians fans out there whose hearts are broken by how stupid their front office has been this week. Uh, but let's just talk a little bit more about the Twins uh, because the Twins seem to have pretty much sat still. Uh, they did. I think I'm forgetting something that they did do. Yeah, they did. Like, they did like a thing, and and I kind of expected them to make a bit more of a push, sitting in first place. Yeah, yeah I, I absolutely expected them to go for some hitting because they were saying right-handed hitters. Let me see. Twins trade deadline. That that should bring it up, right? No. Nope. Complacent Twins front office stands pat at the trade deadline. There you go. So, yes, they, they stood pat. Twins I, pass on trade deadline. Twins fans are furious after team doesn't make any moves at trade deadline. Twins do nothing at deadline. Twins shouldn't mortgage their future, says somebody. Well, they didn't do that. Well, uh, here's, here's what I'll say in defense of the Twins and in defense of the Guardians. You have two teams there who are battling it out for first place and maybe the worst division in baseball history. What's the point of giving up your future when you're going to lose in the first round? Because I don't think either of those teams has a prayer against the East or West. It's only a been about prayer. 40 years since Minnesota won a single playoff game. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Cleveland's I think done J- better. I think JFK was president last time. Uh, so I do kind of understand not giving up prospects when you are absolutely not making it. I mean, it could happen that you get there and your starters have great days and you somehow finagle yourself into the second round. But in reality, there's a 0% chance Cleveland or Minnesota is going to the World Series. Highly unlikely they're going to the ALCS. So I will give them that as a sort of defense for not doing anything. But I am a little surprised that Cleveland unloaded people. Yeah, I, well, I, I can. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, Josh Bell's a big paycheck, and they don't like to pay anybody. But Savannah's not particularly. And he's got team control. Bell is, Bell is a semi-rental. He's got a player option for next year. 
But Savali had years of, of control, I believe, coming up. I don't understand that because if you do make it to the playoffs, don't you need your best pitcher to give you a chance of making it through round? Well, that's that's why it's so surprising to me. Like with the Twins, I understand doing nothing a little more than I understand with the Guardians unloading Savale and even Rosario, who his defense is pathetic this year, but he's a two sixty five, two seventy hitting middle infielder, which are becoming more and more rare, as we know, Tim Anderson. Uh, who is nowhere near those numbers this year, and finally got his first home run a little too late to impress well, he the, uh, too. He the deadline buyers. <laughs> he sure did. He sure did. It was a uh, a bold last minute audition attempt. Uh, I, I think tw- I day. think Tim has been auditioning really well all month, but uh, apparently, maybe so well that that. Uh, Han got carried away on the asking price. I expected him to be gone, and, and he probably, for the future of the team, should be. Because we're saying he's going to be a free agent. Well, presuming that he could, he's a free agent at the end of the year, unless they take his option, he's definitely gone after next year. Uh, and they're not competitive through their window. And you've got these young guys coming up. Shortstops is what we got. We got nothing else coming up. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so. Anyhow, yeah, that that's just bizarre things going on in the division, but that still doesn't let the Sox anywhere near the front path. That's, no, that's not no. Right. No, the uh, season for the White Sox is, I think we can say on August 1st, it is dead and done. Uh, even in the worst has division, been for a month. we are, yes, of course, of course. I'm just saying, now officially we're calling it. We're calling it <laughs> oh, yeah, right here. We gave out two, start, two starting pitchers. Uh, four relievers and yeah, six pitchers all told, and uh, our second biggest home run hitter. Let's talk future. What should we do now? I, I have ideas for what should be done for the rest of the year. Go for it, they, they will not do it. Uh, the one thing because <laughs> I was thinking, I, I'm very surprised that Jake got traded, but I was thinking, look, what are they gonna do if Moncada comes back and he's healthy and 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 is playing decently. And then you've got Vaughn on the other side, who they have much more faith in than I do, but he's there. What do you do with Berger? Well, you make him the second baseman. Well, you don't want to make him the second baseman this year because then you're taking playing time away from guys like Remillard and Sosa who need the playing time. They And I hope that you know, Tim's taking playing time away from him, frankly. Uh, but I said, Colas has to stay all year, no matter what happens. And he's been having some struggles, some rookie struggles. He needs to stay and hit against left-handed pitchers, hit against everything. Uh, and he's obviously improving. Some of his outfield play has been strange, and some of it's been outstanding. That's kind of rookie Um But if we need those guys in the middle, Sosa needs some time. He's certainly not demonstrated in the majors that he can hack it. But maybe he can. Uh don't know. I, I think Romy is gone for the whole year, right? He's, he's, yeah, he's yeah. no chance he's coming back. Which we should talk about with Cleveland. You know, Bieber and McKenzie are really their two best pitchers. Bieber's not coming back. McKenzie, maybe late September. <laughs> yeah. Um, Which anyhow, could that be could, a reason. That could be a reason they unloaded. You know, just because 
You're not getting Bieber back. You're probably not getting McKenzie back. Maybe they are seeing the signs of, look, if we go to the playoffs, it's going to be for a weekend. And so we might as well start trying to think about what we can do. But again, Savali is a weird one because of the control to to get rid of him. Like I, I kind of understand some of these other guys. Uh, but I think you're exactly right about making room for these rookies, uh, these guys who just need playing time, who just need big league reps. The rest of this season from today, August 1st, until the end of September should be all about just getting these guys some reps, which I know is about as exciting for the fan base. Um, except, except, I think one issue, but yeah, they're going to lose. They're going to lose more than they have been losing. Almost impossible, but it could happen. But yeah. the young guys, they're more fun to watch. They may they be are. terrible, and they, and they usually are. I mean, they'll make incredibly stupid decisions on the bases or, or, or in the field or even swinging it things halfway up the first baseline. But they're really out there working. I mean, Revelard races all over the damn place and makes amazing plays and makes amazingly bad plays. Same thing with Colas. Uh, Sosa... Probably if he if he came back for any length of time, catching, yeah, I mean, I and I think catching Grandal shouldn't be catching another game. It should be Perez and uh, and Sebi. And it, and it's possible that he won't. Yeah, and and again, it's not to keep you know put Yaz down, but because the young guys need the time, he should yeah. he should be DHing now. Jake's gone. That's part of that crowd is gone. Uh, well, of course, you've, we're still, still got, like ninety percent DHs. But still, you know, Grandall is Grandall is a guy who deserves to be DHing. You know, it's not like you're putting him there and he's going to embarrass himself and he's not catching anymore and you're just phasing him out at the end of his career. He can be a good DH and and, and, and as left-handed hitters go, he's he's much better than Sheets. So, yeah. Um, but I, I do actually, I agree with you on all that, that the young guys who are trying to figure out the game at that level and, and how fast the game is and the way it's different from the lower levels are a lot more fun to watch. And as we've said numerous times on this podcast, what's, what's actually been the worst part of being a White Sox fan over the last couple of years? They haven't been fun to watch. They, they've been a bunch of guys who don't really seem like they like playing baseball all that much. Now, there are exceptions and there are moments, of course, but getting the young guys in, you know, anytime you have guys who need to prove that they should be there, you tend to see, uh, you see mistakes because they get a little overexcited, but you also see some really cool work. You see some really cool development. You see guys out there grinding. You see guys out there working on fundamentals trying to get better. I I think this is the time of year where you could get some really fun play out of young guys. Do I think that's going to sell tickets? No, I don't. I don't think that's going to sell tickets. But I don't care if they sell tickets because I don't like ownership, so screw them. Uh, but we really do need to, to make way for these guys to get some reps. And I agree that Tim, even being at shortstop, is is just taking opportunities away from the guys who are actually going to be the future of this team. Um, because Tim, I do not think will be part of the future of this team and shouldn't be part of the future of this team. And that's not because I don't like Tim Anderson. I do like Tim Anderson for the most part. It's just that 
we've kind of seen him come up and we've kind of seen him fade. And there was a time where he felt like the face of the franchise and felt like the guy you have to keep out there. He does not feel like that guy at all anymore. He is, he does not carry the leadership, the, the face of the franchise vibe that, that we need. I'm hoping it can be Luis Robert because Luis Robert is an elite talent, but Luis is also real, real shy. Uh, so that can make the whole like being the face of the franchise thing a little challenging. Um, but yeah, we need to be getting these young guys up. And as I said earlier, I think we did a good job with getting prospects for these guys that we unloaded at this deadline. You know, I don't like to sit around and compliment the White Sox front office in any way, shape, or form. But I do think they actually did set us up as nicely as they can based on how bad of a job they've been doing over recent years. Uh, I think they sort of made up for it a little bit with some of these deals they did at the deadline this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that they were terrible. I, I, I think the deals that were done were fine. You know, it's prospects. You never know what's going to happen with prospects. They may never make it to the major leagues. Exactly. We, we've yeah. talked before many times. One out of 50. Yeah. Such a gap between even AAA and the majors. Some just can't do it. it you know, we talk about quadruple-A players. They're really good through the minors, and then to that last step, the speed is too much, speed of the game in general, whatever. Uh, so, yeah, it's prospect. But, yeah, it's the not accomplish um, that I would look at as the negative, not trading Tim. So, I mean, you had the situation come up today where you've got Toronto loses arguably the best shortstop in the game, right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, for most of the season. So they're desperate for a shortstop. And they already were terrible at second base. Hell, they picked Kevin Biggio there sometime. I don't know what he's doing in the major league except for daddy's name. So but, He's the baseball version of a, a Nepo baby, as it were. <laughs> yeah. So, so they were saying, here, here goes Toronto, and they're looking at getting a shortstop desperately on the last day. And it the write-ups were going, well, probably Tim Anderson, but maybe Paul Deshaun. And within an hour of the time that they had the medical reports back uh, on Bichette, <laughs> they said, well, we got a deal on Deshaun. So something something was being done wrong by the White Sox front office yeah, uh, yeah. to not work a deal to get Tim up to Toronto. Good for Tim and, and, and good for the Sox. Yeah, absolutely. Um well, let's look at uh, let's look at what we have on the baseball front coming up. I think we could be in we could be cruising for a bit of a bruising uh, with our upcoming schedule here. We're going to go to Texas starting tonight, which is not going to be fun for anybody who isn't rooting for Texas. And then we're going to go to Cleveland. Andrew, they're pitching Andrew. We're talking, of course, this is deadline day on Tuesday. They're pitching Andrew Haney, who is a kind of mediocre lefty. It's the one thing the Sox can hit, although Berger is one oh, of the big lefty measures. Exactly. You take Berger oh, you know, was, out. I, I looked at the sure. lineups. I looked at the lineups for Tuesday night. He was in the lineup. And playing oh, really? second base. Yeah. But I don't wow. think he'll be available. I don't think he'll be available. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, for the White Sox, you mean, not the Marlins. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. I don't think the Marlins are gonna let him play there tonight. Uh so we're gonna go to Texas for three, then we're gonna go to Cleveland for three, which 
who knows what that will be, but it should be a chance to win a couple games. Then it gets kind of ugly. We're going to host New York, who is still very much in it. We're going to host the Brewers, who are still very much in it. And then, kind of in my opinion, the biggest series for the rest of the season are the two games at Wrigley Field. We have to. If we want to come out of 2023 with any dignity whatsoever, (laughs) we must win those two yes, games. Those, those if they lose every other game, too bad. But to lose those after the, I mean, those losses down at the Gurf were embarrassing. embarrassing. Just beating up in one and have a huge lead that you totally blow in the other one. That, two of that their was... worst games of the year were the home games against the Cubs. I mean, just brutal to watch. Brutal to watch. We have to go to Wrigley and win two games. I, I agree. I honestly, truly, and I mean this, I don't care if we don't win again for the rest of the year as long as we win those two. <laughs> and and I mean, I want to win them. I want, because I, those will be packed. The Cubs have gotten hot. The Cubs were buying at the deadline, essentially. They were holding on to, to Stroman and Bellinger. We need to go in there and just absolutely ream these dudes. Otherwise, I'm putting a big old thumbs down across this entire season. I mean, it deserves one anyway. But if if we can at least get those two big wins, I will have said, you know, remember 2023 when we were an absolute embarrassment to the game of baseball? But man, we went into Wrigley and just beat the (laughs) crap out of those fools. That would be a nice thing to be sitting around talking about in a few years. I I, I could feel good about that, at least. Um, But, yeah, if we don't do that, I don't know what to tell you. Because then uh, we've got got Colorado after that. Then Seattle, Baltimore. Then it gets pretty easy. But, uh, yeah, these these next couple weeks, we got to put all of our focus on two days. (laughs) And those are the two games at Wrigley. Nothing else really matters. Uh, in fact, I'd be fine with them losing to the Brewers because I like the Brewers and I don't want the Cubs to win the NL Central, which I don't think they will. Uh, but, you know, because the Reds are also pretty pretty hot right now. They're a very fun team to watch. Uh, that should be where we wrap it up today, though. Do you have any final thoughts before we move on? No, I'll just say it looks like we're we're like an hour and a half past the deadline now, and it looks like it stopped. It looks looks like we're we're going to get what we're going to get because I don't see the they're now going so and so got DFA'd and so forth. So they're as fast as the M, those guys can type. They apparently got it done uh, at MLB trade rumors. So yeah, I think I, unless there's some really really big surprise that the commissioner's office held on to this one for some reason. Yeah, there's there's nothing really coming through at this point. Tigers had a, a very minor swap with the with the Dodgers, I guess, uh, a few moments ago, but nothing of any importance. Uh, so it does seem like the 2023 deadline has passed. These are our teams for the rest of the year. Some cities have good ones. Some cities have bad ones. <laughs> we might fall into the latter. Uh, and that's okay. Onward and upward, we'll start looking forward to 2024, 2025, and beyond. 
Uh, but thanks so much for listening to our trade deadline uh, edition, and we will catch you next time right here on Sharing Socks.